Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. and my husband's still disappointed. Do you get good I think teeth? you just signed up for doing a British accent for the whole show, Georgia. Just <laughs> <laughs> agreed to that legally. Yeah, it's yeah. accepted. That's actually very true. I'm pretty sure like that's at the end of the Constitution because people, anyone who brags about uh, having a good British accent immediately has to do it. And the reason why, it's not even, it's not even about the person themselves, um, according to the Constitution, which I'm pulling up right now. It's because uh, everybody who says they have a good British accent, 99.762% of them actually don't have a good British accent. And well, it's I didn't the res- say I had a good British accent. I said that my family uh. is British. So they all have British accents that are, I guess, good British accents because they're real and I don't. So I'm the only one. I'm the anomaly in my family. Well, my, my siblings don't anymore, but they, had, they worked on it purposely. But, you know, I oh. a little bit. Like, I, I mean, is it possible that you to. just weren't practicing enough? And perhaps by doing the entire show in a British accent, now you'd get enough practice, you'd be able to get good at it. Everyone would be, everyone would stop listening. <laughs> I just wonder why anyone would practice to not have a British accent. That's <laughs> like know. such my terrible thing. My sister was totally ridiculous. My, bro- dad's, my brother still sounds a little bit like that, but... My sister was ridiculous. To That's do that. like, like giving oh, up a kidney or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, pretty sure a British accent and a kidney are not quite the same thing. <laughs> you don't know what world I live in. Which organ would you give up? No, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I have a perfect British accent impression. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Come on, let's hear it. No, no, no. You're just going to have no, to. No, you cannot no. say that. That statement It's in the Constitution. I told you. I have a perfect British accent, and then you're not going to do it? Okay, okay. Do you Here hate our listeners? Here we go. Okay. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that, sounds, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like Biscuit Monster is in the room with us. Steve, let's hear your British accent. No, uh, oh, no. I don't think I can't do accents. Like I can't even like visualize it. You know, visualize. like I've tr- I can't even like do anything that's close to it. It's just like I end up sounding like me, but just oh, like em- emphasizing the wrong syllables. That's all it sounds like. Okay, can uh, I can I ask can I ask for a topic that we didn't discuss? Can we can I ask you guys a question for a topic that I didn't discuss? No. Okay, so no. I played this game. <laughs> Did you say no? No, I can't tell. No, <laughs> I see it wasn't in a British, British accent. British will so I'm take sure. no nonsense from you, Georgia. <laughs> we colonized your ass two hundred years ago, and we will colonize you again. The sun happened. never sets on England, Georgia Dow. What do you mean recolonize? We're still a colony, kind of. We still have to pay tribute to the queen. Um, okay, so so I'm going to do it anyways because I'm Canadian and Canadians are such rebels that um, like we can have duels. I saw it, Charles Tan. He would never lie. He told me they're duels. Um, 
<laughs> I want Bree to come over and like like slap me with a glove and say I <laughs> don't don't give her ideas, Georgia. She'll do it. <laughs> You'd so do that to me, Bree. Um, so I was playing. I played uh, yesterday night. We played uh, board games, and so I played this one called Speak Up. Okay, which is hilarious because you stick this what it's it was on Ellen, but you stick this plastic mouthpiece in your mouth that sp- <laughs> spreads your li- lips open. I don't think that's a board game, Georgia. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's a, it is a board game. Well, it comes in a box. Kurt Eichenwald <laughs> had this game on his computer today. <laughs> we lost that tag a long time ago. <laughs> okay, so you put something plastic in your mouth that holds your mouth open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your lips can't make like P or B or W sounds really well. And your then lips you can't make to... P sounds. Yeah. Can... <laughs> I'm following and then, you. And then you have to, um, you have to try to to repeat um, a sentence, and everyone else has to try to guess what you're saying, and whoever guesses it right, like gets a point. Um, but they look. We have these pictures, which no one's ever going to see, um, of of us all with these stupid mouthpieces on that like make you look like you're going for a dental visit uh, or something worse. And uh, yeah, it was a hilarious game, like just to laugh at each other to be able to do it. So I wanted to know what are your favorite board games that I should get? <laughs> what would be those ga- board games or games that you guys play that is like rip roaring laughter? Ooh, rip roaring mm. laughter. I so it's another Ellen game, um, and you probably have played it before. But it's also you can buy it as a board game, or you can just download the app, and uh, you put your phone on your forehead, and on your forehead it shows heads a, up. Yes, it shows the heads word. up. For you anyone who doesn't well know about heads up, it. it's so much fun, especially if you use your your phone or whatever device you happen to have, because it shows the word, and then everybody around you has to act it out, and you kind of can set up your own rules if you want to do charade style or if you just want to act out whatever it is, and some have custom rules. And the cool thing is, if you give it permission to, it'll record everybody's acting out as you are playing, and so you can watch it back afterward and get a good laugh out of that. And I I can't I can't get enough of that game whenever we have a lot of people over it's a really good time um and then the other board game that i would suggest is uh the again it's a a virtual board game but it's the jackbox party pack and they have a jackbox party pack yeah Yeah. you can get it on apple tv you can get it just um you can go to their site and and pay for it and get it that way but it's a bunch of different games all packaged together and people can connect to it using their phones or using um like if you're on the computer and so there are trivia games and then there are games where you you have to draw things and then people have to guess what each of those drawings is it's it's a lot of fun it's hard to explain but it is so much fun yeah georgia do you remember the old you don't know jack games no oh okay that's part of the jackbox party pack michael was just no no i know that that. but that's but i but you know that was a thing long before jackbox was so if she knew what that was then she would know what at least that it's the same i don't think this came to canada (laughs) it's actually illegal in canada that's okay yeah, we could have Nerf guns that will go at like 100 RPM, but yeah. not this. That's right. That's so, right. Thanks for, thanks for doing that to my marriage, Georgia. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're on the precipice of divorce. It's really bad at the Woo House right now. It's really rough. Thank so you. So no board games there? Just, just tell Frank you were new at Nerf and you didn't know what you were doing and it'll be fine. I just – I'm just so – I'm so hurt that Georgia would strike out of my marriage and do that oh, no. to Frank. 
I'm sorry, <laughs> Frank. Yes. Frank, I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> yes. I had people. So we were at the relay party, and I was at the app camp for girls party last night because I'm at WWDC this week because I don't suck. And I, was, <laughs> and I had so many disruption people walk up to me, and they're just they're like, is Frank okay? Yes. <laughs> you just okay. want to know Frank is okay. Like, like he's, he's been okay. worse. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's exactly. there's been a video evidence of worse than that. So, so it did, it did sound it did sound upon listening to it and not being, oh, yeah. you know, in the room that at the does. time because I was off fighting crime. Thank you. Thank you, Micah, for spoiling my cover, by the way. You know, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, but you, you know, uh, it, it did sound rather brutal. I didn't know if I needed to, to you know, to answer the bat signal and intervene, but. I'm still a little scarred from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you should mind your own business, Steve Lumitz. I have a nerve nemesis. <laughs> this is why Mike has been carrying around a copy of the Disruption Constitution in his pocket, just to make it's sure true. he knows what no, his legal it. rights are. That's it. I just I did I did want to ask you this week, Steve. I mean, um, you know, this is this is important. Like, um so you enjoy your job here at Disruption, oh, right? Do you enjoy your course. job? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. You enjoy your job here? Yeah. Do you want you want to keep it? Do uh, I, keep this job? I, I would I would like to I, keep this job. Yes. I, I hope that you'll keep this job. <laughs> I just I just need you to know that I expect complete loyalty from you. And also you I, might I can, I can only offer you salt, Brie. Oh. <laughs> can only offer me salt? Am I gonna get loyalty from you, Georgia Dow? I'm Canadian. Loyalty and what? <laughs> I need loyalty, to build <laughs> loyalty to the woman that has a nerf nemesis. Uh, oh yeah, then absolutely. Well, well if okay, we good. say no, does that yeah. mean Frank gets it again? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm in California, so it would be a few days. Like, we'll see if I still remember this conversation on Sunday when I get back. Hey, so, so I actually, I, I have a, I have a concern um, for everybody. Um. Uh, the other day, I was wanting to kind of take a break from writing about WWDC, and so I decided, hey, I'm going to go to the Kindle store, and I'm going to download a new book. So I come across this book, and I start reading it, and it goes, if it's in a word or if it's in a book, you can't get rid of the Babadook. If you're a really clever one, you'll know just what to see, and you can be friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. His name is Mr. Babadook. And as I was reading this book, I accidentally spilled an entire uh, gallon-sized bucket of rainbow-colored paint on the book. Um, okay. And I, I went to bed, and I started hearing Babadook, Babadook, Duck uh, around my house. And I was kind of freaking out. And I, I went to sleep. I finally was able to get to sleep. And I logged on to the internet the next day, as one often does. Well, that was your first and mistake. The, right, right. And the entire, <laughs> the entire uh, world of my social media, which was Twitter, which was Instagram, Facebook, everything, was covered in uh, apparently the LGBTQ plus community's uh, new mascot, which is the Babadook. And I'm trying to figure out if it's my fault because I hear if you read the book, it summons the creature. And given that I spilled this paint on it, does that mean that I'm the one that summoned this uh, new icon? Bree, what's going on here? 
Okay, okay. So just to give people some background, um, <laughs> apparently there was this movie, this Australian movie that came out, I believe it was in 2014. Uh, it's called The Babadook. Um, I have not this... yet seen this movie. Oh, you it's, must. It's, it's supposed awesome. to be terrifying. It's really it's terrifying. Good. It's really mm-hmm. good. So it's about it's about a woman who... Uh, Do I have to la-la-la during this part of the thing? Yes, probably. Okay, so <laughs> her her the same day she's giving birth to her son, um, her her husband dies like the exact same moment and her she is like overwhelmed with grief and trauma and uh you know her son starts seeing this monster in this one day her son like brings her this book that just suddenly materializes in the house about the babadook and um what has happened through some way I, through the magic of tumblr i guess thanks marco um <laughs> Is Babadook, who's just this creature, like this very pale creature like me, um, only he wears a hat, um, and he's like become a gay icon for reasons I don't understand. People have photoshopped the Babadook being in the LGBT movie queue on Amazon. <laughs> like they've, they've like photoshopped the Babadook coming da- down and going like, sup, heteros? Like as this person's like <laughs> underneath the bed. And like... You know, the Babadook is apparently this gay icon, and no one can understand why. And I'm just, like, delighted about this. And I just want, like, I mean, Micah, you agree with me. Like, the B in LGBT stands for Babadook, right? Like, <laughs> no, we I all do know not. that. <laughs> I do not agree with you on you that. You do not. It does. Uh, That's a fact. Okay, so this, yeah? I when I heard about this, um, actually, it was, it was from some friends of mine. Uh, they had sit, they were just talking. We have a little group chat. We were talking about it. And they were like, why is the Babadook back on uh, all social media? Because whenever it first, or it kind of like picked up some steam not too long ago of being this really incredibly scary movie. It's, it's good, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so they brought it back up. And I was like, I have no idea why. And then I came across this strange video on uh, Twitter. And it it's basically this little song um, about the Babadook and the and the uh, Babadook's uh, different features, uh, basically yeah. saying yeah. And, and that was kind of I guess the the big start of it. That's whenever it really took off. And then from there, like there have been think pieces and all this other stuff. And I'm still so confused about it. And apparently, um, I I am not one of the uh, members of the bi community who was doing this, but apparently. There is a large swath of of uh, bi individuals who are very upset that people are jokingly saying that the <laughs> Babadook is the uh, B representation in LGBT. I think that's funny. The whole thing is really it's an ironic comment on bi erasure. That's the whole joke. Like, it's, <laughs> that's the joke, Micah. Yeah, yeah, and I like I have started to understand what the joke is because uh, like this thing flew past me, and once it like once a meme gets to think piece stage and you've got like <laughs> Vox writing up the explainer on it, then you know that the thing has made it. And that's where I came across this. So like I was still catching up this morning trying to figure out what the heck was going on. And Bree's like, okay, we okay. have to talk about yeah, the Babadook. Yeah. Okay, let me explain it. Okay. So <laughs> so okay, so the Babadook like writes a book about himself to cause a bunch of drama. <laughs> okay. Like that's number one. Like at the end of the movie the Babadook is banished into a closet. <laughs> and like the Babadook is under there. And also the Babadook wears a hat. <laughs> so there it is. There, is the hat it. significant? 
The hat is very see. Is a hat a, ever not significant? I know, I know, Georgia, hetero Georgia. You don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> I, I just feel like I'm I'm yeah. too. I, I don't have enough time to not be straight. If this is all the stuff I have to keep up with, is is. You know, it just seems like a lot of work to keep up with all Something this Something tells me Simone de Rochefort is, like, so on board with this, I bet. Oh, She's I bet behind it, clearly. You yeah. and Simone can probably nerd out about this. The Babadook, yeah. She's already yeah, written a one-act play about the about this whole scenario. <laughs> that's her whole yeah. demon boning thing like she was talking about. She was going to write a story Wait, about what? demon. Pardon So what? Okay, so I'm just waiting for this attack <laughs> out, Georgia. This, this episode of Disruption. So Simone sets all of Rocket like the third week after I'm like campaigning for real. And like the entire show is all about Simone's new erotic story about demon boning. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this is a good thing to be talking about on the air. This is, this is pretty right. good for my career. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going to have to be on the show as an alias. <laughs> <laughs> this is the alias. That's the problem. From now on, they can call me Hetero Georgia on Rocket. <laughs> this is the this is the worst WWDC podcast ever. <laughs> oh, oh. oh goodness! Uh, our listeners are, are tuning in to hear all of our deeply considered thoughts about what we think oh, about the WWDC <laughs> announcements. And we've been sitting here for 15 minutes talking about British accents and board games and, and the Babadook. Well, I guess they should, they shouldn't be surprised at this point. You know what you're signing up for, but yeah. Uh, uh, Babadook gay icon. I'm, I am here for queer Babadook. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, I, that's, that's, that's what's going on. It's just one of those things that you, uh, have to accept or it's going to steamroll right the heck over you. And, uh, yeah, so I guess I am also here for, here for queer Babadook. Um, except I really don't want Babadook in my house. So if you're around Mr. Babadook, please go away because I don't want you hurting my dogs Oh, Georgia, you didn't hear that. That's a spoiler. All right. So moving right oh, along. Man. Is it possible I've, that it's a that it's a koala that's actually been driven driven insane by chlamydia? The yes. Yes. See, it's all entirely. coming full circle for you, Micah. What? Koalas, what? yes, koalas are, are prone for I'm for, sorry, is that some hetero joke, Steve? I don't understand. No, it's a Micah Sargent joke. But that's oh okay. <laughs> koalas are the uh hetero icon. Um we should talk about that big event that happened before we have to keep talking more about uh this nonsense we're talking about right now. Nonsense. Uh, yeah. You're you're there. You are you you were there at least. Uh WWDC. I am there. I am there. Can't you tell from my professional demeanor? I'm, I'm out here. I'm out here getting all the coverages, Micah. <laughs> Boots on the ground. That's um, right. So, yeah, I mean, do we want to just go around and uh, explain everybody's thoughts? Do we want to talk about uh, – I mean, I know big things uh, to talk about, at least here, are the fact that Apple has announced um, VR support for Mac uh, in very particular settings. The HomePod, which makes me groan pod. Oh, God, and what a name. Ugh, the name. That's Re- such a really? terrible name. You, you too, Georgia? Yes. You too? And then updates, <laughs> of course, uh, to the entire lineup. and Updates to iOS, updates to tvOS, updates to macOS. Um, lots more 
uh, mentions of encryption, Brie, and I've been reading the, yeah. the new white papers that have come out. Um, yeah. So it seems like a lot of your predictions or hopes, at least, uh, have come true in many ways. So that's exciting. I'm just glad Apple has finally listened to the professionals, me. <laughs> like, yeah, thank you, yeah. Apple. It's about time. Now right. get a hat. Just put a hat on that Apple logo. Um, so let's let's start with uh, let's start with HomePod. Um, I, this this was something that you know had been rumored for a while. It had been called the Siri speaker. It had been called the Apple Home Hub. Nobody was entirely sure what the device was going to be. Uh, but at WWDC, Apple announced the HomePod, and they say it's the new sound of home. So HomePod is this little speaker-like uh, marshmallow-looking device that uh, has all of these little tweeter speakers built in. It's got a subwoofer designed by Apple. Uh, basically, what the device does is it wirelessly streams audio and... It also includes Siri on board, so you can communicate it with its series of microphones that are built into the system, and you can use it to do anything that Siri can do. Uh, it all, Like I said, it plays music through these really high-quality speakers, and because it has a chip built into it, the Apple A8 chip, which used to be in iPhones, uh, it can send out some signals to basically get a mapping of how your room is set up and use that to inform how it puts out sound. So it's entirely beamforming. It's meant to fill the room with sound. You can use multiple if you want to have whole home audio. And uh, last but not least, it is a $349 device uh, that is coming out in December. So I will save my thoughts until the end. I'm curious, what does everybody else think of the new HomePod? Give me six. Did anyone else think it looked like a grater? No. Yeah. A grater. Yeah, you just take a carrot. It looks like Eve from Wally a little bit in in a good way. No. Yeah. Eve is so no. <laughs> no. Hey, Eve is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> oh my god. Bree, you said Bree, you said you want 6 in your home? Yeah, I totally want this. Are you kidding me? Look, if I'm listening to Fuck in the Bathroom Stall, my favorite sorry, song of pardon? all time. No, don't make her say it again. No, okay, it's, sorry. It's, no, it's, nothing. It's, I, no, I heard I'm sorry, it. I heard Georgia. It. No, yeah. I heard. I heard. Okay. Okay. Are you I heard, sure you heard? Okay. I heard. I really if heard. If I'm listening to my favorite song, Fuck in the Bathroom Stall. Oh, my God. You know, I want to feel like I'm in the room with that presenter like singing that song to me. <laughs> so I am here for this. I want, I want, I'm all about this. And also I want Siri to mangle the messages that I send you guys from every room in my house. I don't want to like have to push a button to make Siri mangle a message that I send the group. I would like that just to happen automatically. So I am here for this. Six of them at $350 a pop. So, do you have any uh, speakers in your home right now? I have three dogs. Um, <laughs> any like Echoes that, or no, Sonos or anything like no, that? Privacy issue, dude. Like, if you look at those APIs, like, all respect, like, the product themselves are fine. But, like, anyone can go into those APIs and ship their own app with it, and you have no idea who the frack you're sending it to. So it's like, oh, I'll just trust the internet with the speaker in my house. That's a that's a good idea. How about Amazon? The the company so so revered for their love of privacy and data protection. I'll just give them the speaker in my house. No, of course not. Uh, and Georgia, 
or sorry, no, sorry. Let's go with Steve next because he's also very positive about it as well. Oh no! Oh no! I've been I've been texting Micah and dry and making him climb up the walls all week. Ever since I listened to him and Joe Steele talking about it, um, so I've I've been occasionally just dropping little text message bombs in in Micah's inbox just for fun. What? So what are you like? What's yeah? What's your what's your take on this? No, no, no joke. I'm very strongly considering buying one. Seriously, I I I, I kind of can went into it with no expectations. And the more that I thought about it, it actually has a place in my house, which is something that like the Apple Watch or the Apple TV never really did. But like I got a Bose wave radio that I inherited from my father-in-law when he passed away a few years ago. And we've we've had that in the kitchen. We use it every so often when um, when Bluetooth became a thing, we got a Bluetooth adapter for it. And I like using it to play, you know, to play music off of my phone. But it's always kind of a, a pain to plug in the I have because I have to plug in the Bluetooth receiver. I have to, you know, fiddle with the Bluetooth settings. And I'm given that I'm all in on Apple Music anyway, like just being able to mm. say Shalom HomePod, uh, play the new pornographers. Right. And just have it happen. Like, and especially, especially because I don't own a stereo. So if this is like a good listening experience that basically does Apple music and that's really all I need it to do. And, and by the way, the girls could go in and say, Hey, you know, Shalom HomePod play Taylor Swift. And they wouldn't need to monopolize one of our phones to do it. Like that's fine. You know, it's great. Like yeah. if they want to hear "No Cash, Kill Your Parents," like that song just comes on. Like you just, it's right there playing automatically. <laughs> that's a feature your daughters need. Yes, yes, I, I'm sure they'll be able to. Do it. That's, and, and that's where the parental controls that are built into iOS come in, right? But, but it, but but in all seriousness, though, I mean, if you're coming into it wanting uh, an Echo, and, and I mean realistically, right? Like if you're all in on HomeKit. You're probably a person who is all in on the Apple ecosystem and you're never in a room where there isn't another device that you can invoke Siri anyway. So I don't you know, I don't know what this would necessarily do for you. But if it's going to be a speaker that 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 is really tightly integrated into Apple Music and happens to do a couple of other things that Siri does poorly that I don't care about, like, that's great. That's that's worth it to me. Okay, Georgia, your turn. Okay, so you're right. But I don't ha, like that you assumed you were it. right. Just Come on, I I could no, hear he it didn't in your assume. voice. He knew. He knew. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He 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 is my brother from another mother. So I totally it's get true. that. Um, I don't like the name. I think it sounds just <laughs> that can't be the only reason, though, right? It's no stupider than AirPods. It's worse. It's not it is worse. So worse. It's worse. I mean, Pod is their audio thing. It's in your home. It's a HomePod. It makes sense. Oh, God. Oh. Even when you, I can't. Don't. Right. Yeah. Why am I the voice of reason on this podcast today? That's, what is, you're what is happening? Reasonable. I don't yeah, know what you're yeah, about reason yeah. here. Eh, yeah. Okay, fair um, enough. I was hoping that it would look more like um, the Mac, like the like, like little garbage can guy. Um, it looks a little bit like a grater. That's fine. It, I, I can do ugly. It's okay. It looks like the Mac Pro. It doesn't look like the Mac Pro. It looks like, like, like the uh, Mac Pro's defective twin. Oh, my God, Georgia. <laughs> Georgia, did it? Did a did a HomePod kill your family or something? Like, why are you so why are you so angry at the HomePod? 
I'm I I don't know. Brie is like the opposite of me. She loves. She wants six, and they're expensive. Seven. I want seven. You need them after it. You know, after they get knocked over by Nerf weaponry, and they need to be replaced. Right. You need to have That's extras. Right. We need we need redundancy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, Georgia. Here's the thing. You don't understand. <laughs> Steve yeah. Lubitz and I. Yeah, we're classy. We're walking around our houses in a top hat and yeah. monocle. You know, that's Wait, just how we roll. No, in a monocle. That's right. And a top hat. That's it. Like, so, like, I don't expect you to understand our classy classical music that's going to be playing. Because that's true. we're just, we're that's very hyper intellectual like that. Yeah. That you is know? true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. I, yeah. That is true. I don't hit classy. It's true. But they, they, it's it. I don't know. Okay, so I don't like the mesh. <clears throat> like mesh is in. I liked the eighties, but no. <laughs> um, and uh, I fine. They have a speaker. It's got like you know woofer, tweeter, whatever. Um, but I would have liked this to be more of a device that really can control my home exceptionally well with some really cool Siri integration. And if they had, they would have sold me on that a little bit more. So I'm hoping if they beef that up, then, then, you know, odds are, listen, I'm going to probably get it anyways. Okay. So I'll just really? say that right away. Yeah. I will probably get it anyways. You know, I'll rename it. And by get, um, you mean swipe Renee's? <laughs> <laughs> he's caught on. He's caught on. I think he's been listening. He now knows. He like watches me a little bit more carefully when I'm at his he house. Should. And he like should. I've got baggy clothing on. Um so, what? so I'm just, I can have picturing you sneaking things out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 fair. So, Typical Canadian. You know how it is. Can, can I ask a serious can I ask a question though? Like what what would you have expected uh, something like this to do? for controlling HomeKit beyond, like, what your phone or your iPad can do for you already? I was hoping that it would be more of a virtual assistant. But it's already, but you already get that, like, you already have that in your phone. Like, the reason you have to have an Echo is because they don't have a phone that anybody wants to buy that's already with you. You can, you're already walking around with a device in your hand that can, that can answer when you, when you invoke it. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm, when I'm, when I'm looking at it, I don't know what, what else something like this is going to do. I was hoping for something like this. Good morning, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Your car should be ready in five seconds. Remember, there's a lot of traffic. Please leave 15 minutes earlier. Mm -hmm. And I'm making your coffee. This is Siri we're talking about. It can't even <laughs> hey, tell you what time me, what it was is. I hoping yes. for? Yes. I was not hoping for a tiny little cheese grater that will play music really, really well. well. Mm-hmm. And I can use that just like I can use my phone. A little like idea we have in professional psychology <laughs> is called <laughs> magical thinking. <laughs> And if you think, like, Apple is going to be able to ship and turn Siri into that, I agree. That is possible if Tim Cook gets a magic wand. But short of that, like, it's just not reasonable. Okay. Once Siri has learned that my wife's name is not, in fact, Maureen leaving work, then maybe that (laughs) will start happening. 
Right. Because that is literally a thing that happened that it will not – if I say text Maureen leaving work, it starts a blank text message to someone named Maureen leaving work. Uh, okay. I, I'm not – okay. I got to say that. I'm not kidding. Today I tried to text our group and I said – Siri, please text uh, Switch Lovers Club, which is the name of our group in iMessage. And then it went bloop, 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 its heads. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it, it's like a performance oh, art God. sketch after a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Georgia, I, I, am, I am right there with you, friend. Oh, Here, really? Yeah, 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 oh. absolutely. So, except for the fact that you said that you probably still will get it. Um, uh, I, don't have no. a, I don't have a I Renee know. who you lives near me. You can be disappointed. Um, oh. So, I can't, I can't <laughs> get the <laughs> So, here's, here's my whole feels on this. Um, you know, and I think it's just that the rumors ended up ruining things for me in the end. Mm. Um, the rumors had me believing that what I was going to get was Apple's next step in HomeKit technology, uh, right. which meant exactly what you're talking about, uh, the proactivity. Right now, the Google Home and the Amazon Echo, the Google Assistant and the uh, Alexa voice assistant, which are the uh, voice assistants respectively for those two platforms, uh, are starting to work their way into a proactive uh, type of operating system, which basically means that it is aware of what's going on and it uses that information to help inform you and to let you know, hey, you know, traffic's bad this morning. You probably are going to want to leave. Now, I could literally uh, set it up and I could see the the four little dots glowing on top of the Google Home and they would say, and they would just be glowing and I could see them. I could say, hey, what's up? And then it would tell me, well, mm-hmm. here's what's going on. I noticed that the traffic was pretty bad. Or, hey, here's what's going you, on. You have I- to do that in an accent. <laughs> right. Well, I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> and this, I like that he thought about it. I did too. He thought about it. He went, oh, no, no. The same thing it. applies to the Echo. Uh, mm-hmm. That device also has the proactive notifications. The little ring will light up, and then you can say what's going on, and it'll give you some notification to let you know what's going on. Um, the it's also going to be taken even farther as we continue to work down this, and it can say because it like has an idea of what's going on in your home. It could say, hey. I saw that the garage door opened, and every morning the garage door opens around this time, which probably means that you left for work. The garage door closed again, and your location is no – like, we are not sensing your location in your home. And – I noticed that the front door, for some reason, is open. You have a contact sensor on the front door, and we could tell that that's open. Now, here's what's strange. Usually, the front door doesn't open unless you're home and the garage door, like you never left for work in the morning. That's the, usually when the front door opens. And it can just say, hey, just wanted to let you know that your front door is open, and normally it's not, and this might be a problem, something you want to look into. And then it might even show you a live view of your home if you have a camera set up that's connected to all those systems. That is the future that liberals want if their names are Micah Sargent. Um, Now, the HomePod ended up being Apple kind of positioning itself in the uh, Sonos market, not so much the smart speaker market. And that's just just honestly not what I was expecting whenever I had this device in mind. And so I think, yeah, a lot of it's based out of disappointment. Um, But I started to look into something like the Sonos system. And one of the things that the Sonos system can do is 
is integrate with a crap ton of different audio services. Now, HomePod is going to work over AirPod 2. So if you're using an iOS device or a macOS device that has, or a tvOS device that can connect to uh, the AirPlay system, then you can play on your HomePod. But it's not going to do normal Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, which means that if you ever have guests over and they want to stream music, if they don't have one of these devices and for some reason it's not available on Apple Music, or if it's a podcast, for example, and you and they can't connect because they're on an Android device, there are all these different kind of uh, boxed off things that make the HomePod not exactly what I would want out of a system that's going to cost me this amount of money when I could go buy like two Sonos devices for uh, under the price of, of one of these and get similar sound because that's what they're really selling this thing on. So that's been okay, my okay, big but thing. I, I have to say this, Mike, I don't think that's fair for this reason. Okay. Of all the stuff Apple has that they can upgrade after the fact, like what the version 1.0 is with this is almost completely irrelevant. So fact, A, the journalists that have actually seen this thing and we haven't uh, say that Apple specifically did not let them use Siri on it so far. So everything, like they said in the keynote, they were working on versions of Siri that would like answer follow-up questions. In fact, that was the entire purpose of uh, some of their APIs like M2 this year. So I think that those things will come, like that's a feature that's going to be in the Apple Watch, what you just described. So I 100% expect that to come because it's part of Siri. I just think like they're trying to, this is what Apple does. They ship the 1.0, they try to keep it dead simple, they try to make it work, and then they iterate on it. So I I 100% expect that stuff to work, but I think it's more accurate than anything else to say, we just don't know yet. We yeah. don't know if it will be able to do that predictive stuff that's going to be on Apple Watch 4. We just don't know. So, you know. Yeah, I think that's very fair. You know, and and to be fair to you, Micah, like this was my reaction when the Apple TV did not have an HDMI pass through. And then I said, OK, I'm buying an Xbox one. Right. And 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 I've been very happy with it because it didn't sit. It didn't fit my use case like and that's OK. Like not everything that Apple makes has to fit a use case for you. It's the same reason I don't own an Apple watch. Like in my case, I don't want people streaming their music to my, to my speaker. Cause my taste of music is better than theirs anyway. So <laughs> they should listen to what I want to listen to. But you know, again, I'm, I'm all in on Apple music. Like I've been, I, that's where all my listening is happens. I was a member of Spotify since they were, um, since they released in this country. And then as soon as Apple music, just a dotify. Yeah. And, <laughs> And then as soon as Apple Music, um, you know, became a thing over here, I switched and I'm all in on it and my family's all in on it. So, it, it, you know, we're already in that ecosystem and it just kind of fits there because we're an Apple Music family. That wasn't the case for Apple TV. You're not all in on Apple Music. You're all in on on home automation that is not necessarily going to fit this. And that's fine. I think that the, the criticisms that you have are with Siri, though. They're not with the device because the device is only able to do what Siri can do. And Siri has been notoriously behind and a speaker that's in the house is not going to fix those problems. 
Uh, yeah, yes, that's, that's most, I think you're, you're mostly accurate there. The one criticism that I have, I mean, obviously I cannot critique the fact that this thing has an incredible sound system built in. Like what's to critique about that? That's a great thing. What I can critique, uh, on the version one, cause it's also fair that, and actually someone had mentioned that to me on, on Twitter as well, after I'd kind of, uh, shared some thoughts on this. Yes, it's way too early to tell. It's not coming out until December. We're probably going to see some stuff between then and now, from what I've been digging into in the APIs and building out different uh, test apps and stuff, there's a lot of stuff the series going to be able to do going forward. Um, but when you're positioning the device that exists right now as an in-home music listening device that also has Siri baked in, um, I think that the price point is challenging uh, for... <sighs> It's it's a very particular market, I think, is what this is going to end up being. Because it's a market for audiophiles who are willing to pay that kind of money, usually. Though. Exactly. I, this... I, I just I completely disagree with that, Mike. Uh, you, with respect, you are the ultra niche market. Somebody that really cares about home automation. Normal people don't have that in their home. Like Apple Music is a smash success, and people just don't talk about this. Like the ratings for Beats One are awesome. They've got a ton of paid subscribers. It's arguably like the biggest radio force on the entire planet. And like there are a lot of people out there that have been buying their music through iTunes since like the freaking early 2000s. And I do think a product that's a really good speaker that's going to be super seamless with all this music they have in their cloud, I don't think that's a niche case at all. I think everyone loves music. I think if they'd gotten up on stage and said, oh, this is going to work with this home automation stuff six people in the United States own, I think that would have like been the most failing product idea ever. I think that it was, though, like it is going against something that's really good at home automation and... Uh, it's just disappointing that they don't do both better. That's it. But they're also not positioning it that way, right? Like, there's no way they're going to be able to compete with Amazon or Google in this realm. They're, they're too far behind. What they can do is they can play to their strengths and make a really good, you know, home audio system, which they really haven't done ever. And they tried with the iPod Hi-Fi, but they they don't have that offering in their portfolio right now. So if they're going to make a really good speaker, then obviously it makes sense to include Siri functionality. But first and foremost, you're targeting, mm. uh, you're targeting more of an audiophile market, which is going to be willing to spend more money on a device like this in the same way that you're not going to target a home console at people who are on- completely content and not willing to go beyond playing games on their phone because they're just never going to spend that money in the first place which is where the, part of where they went wrong by going as heavy as they did into gaming in the Apple TV, too. Uh, I think that's fair. I, the one thing that I guess I have a quibble on still is, you know, the, I, I don't see this as a product that's going to be um, an every person's product. Because when I think about, again, we have to go back to cost, and it it's expensive. And yes, it will work, I think, as a great device for people who are looking for that good quality and room-filling sound. But I also think about the everyday people that I know, my family, you know, they, they're they happy listening to the, the audio that comes out of their television, and they're happy listening to the ear pods that come out of their box when they first get the device, and they use them until, you know, they're practically falling apart, and they've always sounded like crap. And that, like, I... I 
they've really positioned this product around the fact that it has such great audio, which means that it's more marketed to that type of person. And that's where I kind of see the, if we're going to compare it to a smart speaker from a different company, which is a device that puts out music that's connected to different music services and it puts out music and you can, you know, have it turn up the volume and turn down the volume and all that kind of stuff. Just a device that uh, does those things. I think that the Echo and the Echo Dot are more entry-level devices for the every person consumer. That's no slight to Apple. Apple is just after a particular market, which in most cases is what Apple is after. I mean, iPhone as well is one of these kinds of devices. So I ultimately, I am not... I'm not disappointed in the device itself, other than the name, which I do still think is terrible. Um, it is a thing that's going to be great for the people who are into it. I just happen to be one of the people who's not into it um, and have found that uh, Apple TV, with its AirPlay functionality for multi-room sound, uh, does does fine for me. Uh, I, I, think it, I think it's great. So Yeah, but I mean, and Micah, I would agree with you if they, because my reaction was this same thing to and then we should, then we should move on because we have other things to cover there's but, so much to talk but, about yeah but i mean my because my reaction your reaction you're having was the reaction that i had to the airpods with the added effect that they look stupid when you're wearing them and <sighs> there's and they cost 150 dollars and those things sell like hotcakes so that being the case when you're buying one for your whole family as opposed to one per person i don't i don't think that that especially when you're targeting people who are willing to pay premium for better sound, I don't think that that price point is necessarily as out of bounds as, as it may seem to you. Hmm. Good point. All right, let's move on to something yeah. cheerier. How yeah. do you guys do- feel about uh, abortion? <laughs> oh my god! Um, how, do, how do we feel about a sponsor? Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we do have to let's, talk let, about. That's it. a good idea. Let's put the sponsor right after we start talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Squarespace, uh, uh, which just so happens to be the company bringing you today's episode. Uh, this uh, episode of Disruption. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. Okay, I'm starting over. <laughs> this episode over. of Disruption is brought to you by Squarespace. You can enter the offer code DISRUPTION at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. See, Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. And with a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more, you can totally rock it. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install. You don't have to worry about patches, no upgrades. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace worries about it for you. They've got award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help at all, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are legitimately beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. One of my favorite things about Squarespace is they're always rolling out new features and they make it super simple to integrate into whatever sites you may have. So they rolled out HTTPS, uh, which of course is very important in our uh, re-rolled world of, of ISPs looking at our data, and it automatically turned on. You don't have to worry about anything there. They've also got different payment platforms, and you don't have to worry about that either, including Apple Pay. And Squarespace plans start at just 12 bucks a month. You can start a trial, though, with no credit card by going to squarespace.com. And 
And when you decide to sign up, please do use the offer code disruption because you're going to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for disruption. We thank you, Squarespace, for your support. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. Squarespace. Oh, boy. Um, we, uh, <laughs> VR. VR. <laughs> VR. VR. VR is coming to Mac. No, uh, well, okay. Sort of, <laughs> yes. Sort, sort of. of, yeah, okay. If you've got external <laughs> GPUs, and, or you've got uh, the new iMac Pro that's going to be coming out in December, and Let's you're see. running very particular VR uh, devices, then there's VR coming to the Mac. Bree. You want to tell me more about uh, VR on the Mac, sort of, kind of, maybe? I just, we're going to shoot through this because we need to move on to our last topic because we're at 47 minutes into this. (laughs) Holy moly. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. I mean, so look, long story short, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. I have been complaining since 2010, 2011, 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 about Apple's completely terrible 3D technologies. They suck. They're bad. They should feel bad. Uh, It's just been a disaster before this WWDC. This is the year that Apple finally took their 3D technology seriously. So they came through M2 as an entire new set of frameworks that like will allow machine learning uh, through like your graphics card, which is freaking awesome. Uh, your Metal 2 is awesome. But it's, it's, I mean, long story short, they have built an entire panoply of technologies to really make uh, 3D stuff possible. And what was really smart is they're also partnering up with Unreal and um, Unity to really bring first-class 3D tools to it. So along with that, they announced a $600 external GPU box. They announced a standard for external GPUs that will go through your Thunderbolt port. So what that means, Steve Lubitz, you have a Mac, uh, a Mac that won't run Hearthstone, which is a 2D Unity app, which is obviously way too hard for a $3,000 computer to run. So now you'll be able to spend $600 on a box for three, for an external GPU and plug it in there, and that will basically help it along. Um, so this is all this is really exciting. Like, it's finally going to be possible to uh, play, uh, you know, uh, VR games on Mac. Uh, what's even more uh, exciting is with the iMac Pro, you're actually going to be able to make 3D content on Macs theoretically. We'll know that once the Ars Technica uh, article comes out, uh, review of it rather. But the really big news here is, guys, how can you look at this WWDC and not believe that Apple's next really big project is going to be a HoloLens competitor? Yeah. I mean, that's it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that demo that they did of the, the they were showing some sort of like a movie scene going on on a table that they were yeah. showing mm-hmm. through the that lens was of the an Batman iPad game yeah Le- and it looked yeah. and it looked re- and they were and they had a, a Lego demo where you had the Lego on the table and and you were able to explode the Lego and then put it back together virtually and it looked really cool except for the fact that you're holding a lunch tray in front of your face the whole time yep. and and it seems that that was my reaction too is that it seems like they're really going hard for AR which is great because they're again they're behind in VR I'm I'm actually really glad that they're just go, working with HTC and with and with Valve rather than trying to roll their own solution for that 
because they're so far behind. Like, let the people who have already done the work, you know, just let it work on the on the Mac rather than trying to do their own thing. But AR is kind of a blue ocean that they can go into that they've already pioneered indirectly via Pokemon Go. A lot. There's a lot of uh, development that can happen there, and I, I too would be shocked if there's not some sort of a face mounted display that they're going to announce maybe not this year, but certainly in the next year or two for sure. Georgia, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you both on that. I think that, uh, I think it was really cool. I don't think I don't see myself, uh, playing VR on the Mac, uh, as of yet, but they're definitely, this is something that they want to be in on. And I do see them, uh, doing things that will be more for, uh, creation, um, AR type of situations, which I think are great. And if you pair that with their um, translating capabilities, uh, that makes perfect sense now. Can I can I mention something else that I'm really excited about? Similar, well, not really similar. I'm yes. just going to mention it. Is, <laughs> is, yes. is, so we have the VR, but I think that's something that was is pretty much not really spoken about as exciting, but I think that's going to take the world by storm. It's going to be one of those sleeper things that everyone just uses is the uh, iMessage uh, Apple Pay. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, that absolutely. That is yeah. a huge deal because the amount of money that gets charged, right, 3% of a sale going to a credit card, this is going to be – I could hear credit card companies groaning over being able to transfer money so much more effortlessly and cutting out the middleman. So that was, to me, absolutely, like – Spellbinding. Yeah, and, and the other thing that they announced that didn't it got some fanfare, but not quite as much are the the really concrete security moves that they're making in both the operating mm. systems. I mean the 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 yeah. tracking detection in Safari on the Mac is yes. really a oh, huge so big deal. Awesome. Um, and also some things that they're doing on iOS, like forcing apps that are using GPS to offer an option to only turn on GPS when the app is in use mm-hmm. to get around yes. some of the things that Uber is doing and, and Waze also is, has a tendency to be yeah. tracking your tracking your location, whether or not it's actually in the foreground. And another thing that hasn't gotten as much coverage is that they're removing the system-wide uh, logins for Twitter and Facebook from settings, which sounds like it's going to be a, a bit more of a pain. But given that a, a lot of the... A lot of the recent hacks of Twitter accounts have been via third-party apps that have kind of languished, and then they and then they've been taken over by malicious parties, like the one that was spraying swastikas over everyone's accounts a few months ago. You know, removing that vector for people to be able to log in and forcing them to log in directly, uh, especially with adding some of the the password fill features that they're putting into the operating system, exactly. is a really really smart move that not enough people are talking about. Mm. That last bit is especially uh, what I was going to touch on if you didn't. Um, I actually just watched the session today, the WWDC session, about the new password functionality that is it basically bridges the gap between Safari's passwords and your uh, app's passwords as well. And so you can use those two things to provide passwords from the keychain. It's a little bit like one password, except it's integrated into the system if a developer adds it, which means that it's right there and available to you. So uh, 
yeah, it That's seemed right. like a friend oh. of the show, Ricky, uh, did a uh, talk on that at WWDC. So, thank oh, you, that's what I was watching. Yeah. yeah. Does Ricky listen? Oh, hi, Ricky. Yeah, yeah. I saw him uh, multiple parties this weekend. So, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think um, in general, just, I mean, just to wrap this up, I think that what really impressed me about the announcement this year, as opposed to other years, is that they seem to be doing the thing that, uh, that nobody really wants them to do, but I think that they really needed to do. And it actually takes some courage to do, which is to take a year of not putting in as many marquee new features and polishing up the ones that they have and making them really shine. Like uh, even just some of like the little things around iMessages and iCloud, which has been a thing that's been a problem for years with iCloud backups, with all the messages that nobody ever deletes taking up room in iCloud backups. And now those are just going to be backed up to iCloud separately. So they're not taking up room in your backups and allowing like iCloud storage with family sharing. Like there's a lot of little features like that or screen recording on iOS, which is, something that's yes. been an Android and oh, you know, that's going to be available now, you know, in the system, like li- little things like that, that aren't really marquee features, but are things that are just kind of uh, gaps that they're filling in are, it, it really is, uh, you know, a positive sign that they're looking and they're not just uh, what, what they've been accused of, which is that they're putting in a big thing and then they're forgetting about it. And then they're moving on to the next big thing. So I think that's a really positive change that we haven't seen in the last couple of years of announcements. I agree, Steve. I think that's a, a really, a really good point. And it's, it's so, so many of these things just have me really excited for the future of iOS. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, developers create and uh, also maybe trying to play around with a little bit of that stuff myself, including a new feature, which allows you to create your own HomeKit enabled accessories where before those things were locked behind uh, MFI licenses. So I might be, is that, is that know, confirmed? Making... I saw there was an, un... oh, yeah. there was an unconfirmed tweet. I didn't know that that got confirmed by, by Apple. Oh, that's really yeah, cool, it's, actually. It, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. confirmed. Um, I, in fact, I've already started to experiment with some of this stuff. So, oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, really, really neat. Um, okay, we should definitely talk about our next topic because uh, not only is it timely, but uh, the New York Times also includes a tweet from our dear co-host, Brianna Wu. So, I don't know if if any of you out there were watching, uh, but the James Comey testimony so was... good, so good. <laughs> Three hours of popcorn. I was going to say like, the best television. Morning, I'm like, I was working. I was so sad. Oh, I worked. It was all so good. Day. It was so, so good. I know I'm nothing. You, uh, like I'm learning oh, it here, Georgia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It was like it was, it was much better than yeah. I was going to say it's way better than I don't know daytime uh, soap operas. This was uh, very fascinating. But they're you know they're going along talking about everything, asking questions, and uh, John McCain had some interesting questions that had people all over Twitter uh, criticizing him and you know making jokes as the internet is wont to do. Uh, but Bree, you pointed out something really important. You said John McCain is 80 years old and spent his 30s being tortured as a prisoner of war. If you're making fun of him, remember one day you'll be old too. 
So, you know, like I follow a lot of people on leftist Twitter and I want to be really clear. There are a ton of reasons to critique John McCain. He's a hypocrite. He has shown no principles under Trump. You know, the whole Palin debacle. There, there are reasons I admire him. I actually, I interviewed him one time, uh, but there are a lot more reasons to be critical of him. That's fine. We can have that conversation. We can have a conversation about okay, he's 80 years old. Is it maybe time for, you know, us, like, is it time for him to perhaps retire? So you had this moment today where he's testifying and, you know, guys, I just got to say it. Like he, he came across as a little, a little off his game. He, he came off as just a little bit removed from the situation that's there. And I'm reading stuff on Georgia, on uh, Twitter, Georgia, and it's like, oh, you know, John McCain needs to get off camera and go change his depends. Or, you know, mm. oh, Alzheimer's is setting in. Like, just a bunch of really crude, mean remarks. And I don't like the guy, but I could say if somebody were talking about that to say, you know, like my great uncle when he was alive, I'd be pretty pissed off. So I get it. Like if you look at my Twitter feed, I've been I've been reading a book about like the political history of baby boomers, and there's been quite a bit of stuff lately that's a little critical of baby boomers and their legacy. But I think we can have that conversation without making crude bodily remarks about incontinence about mm -hmm. a senator and about a POW. It's just it's 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 dehumanizing. Yeah, beautifully said. It, I, I mean, but it's it's true because I think sometimes, and, and this does happen on quote unquote both sides, but I think sometimes we end up losing uh, the the scope of things and understanding like the, the, the humanity of humans and things that, and Brie, you know, this ended up getting some some blowback when it happened, but I think you may remember a while back when we were talking, when Twitter kind of started laying into uh, Mike Pence for his religion, oh, for his religious beliefs, terrible. and for I got yeah, for, so much heat about that. You really yeah. did, and I, I mean, I absolutely everything that you had said, I absolutely agreed with because we kind of stepped away from critiquing. Oh, there's like this. You look at the list, and there's 900 things on the left side, and nine those 900 things are all the things that are legitimate critiques, and then you look on the right side, and there's like his religious beliefs and a few other things. And it's like, why did we choose to go after that? And we kind of lose sight of, of someone's, uh, their rights and someone's just humanity. Again, I, I know I've said that, but the same thing I think applies here. There's a lot more there that can be critiqued and we can also critique without trying to go after somebody. And, and I can remember this, this is another example of this where in, it was actually in my hometown and we talked about it on this show. Uh, a man had written an article about why he would never date a feminist. And instead of critiquing all of the bass ackwards points that he came that he had in the article, people started going after the way that he looked and making fun of the way that he looked and talking about that instead. And Bria can remember you critiquing that as well. And I'm I absolutely agree. It's it's really disheartening to to see these uh you know, I really think that many of us who consider ourselves uh to be on the left pride ourselves in, in some way on being the humanists in many situations. And at the same time, there are a lot of times where we kind of lose sight of our own humanity and the sight of others' humanity. Um, 
And if everybody's, you know, on board with this, I know we're running out of time here, but I, I just briefly wanted to talk about, I mean, it seems there are a lot of uh, quote unquote isms that have sort of faded into the background in many ways. And, you know, you're not going to catch them as explicitly as you will others, but ageism does seem to be still at the forefront of a lot of people's vocabulary and a lot of people's minds. And it's it's really rampant in not just tech, but also tech reporting. I see a lot where we, you know, end up going back to uh, my, you know, even my grandpa could use this or even, you know, mm-hmm. old man Steve down the down the lane could use this. And it's it's really frustrating and and you know i've i've fallen victim to it or you know been prone to do it in the past myself and and i understand um that it's something that we just have to we really have to pay attention to because everybody matters and no matter your age that should not be a factor uh as to whether people give you the basic respect that you deserve well, I think it, I think it comes from a legit place, so Michael, in this, uh, Micah, in the sense that there are some utterly legitimate f- political frustrations to have with the baby boomer class. There are, um, you know, I'm reading a book right now. Do you know that Social Security uh, when it first started in the '40s? Um, you know, like this is a program that eventually led to, uh, you know, it first started like insuring like the very, very poorest. Eventually those programs like, you know, widened out and created the, the modern safety net, which led the boomers to grow up in like the poshest house and the poshest living conditions in human history. And like my dad, he went to college for pretty much next to nothing. He bailed hay over the summers to pay for college. And then in the aftermath, they jacked up the college for millennials and people are, you know, both older and younger than millennials, making it nearly impossible for them to go to, uh, you know, get higher education. There's a legit conversation to be had about, you know, the legacy of this generation, but I think we can have that respectfully. So, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's also, especially with technology there and, and I'm, as I'm approaching 40, like I'm starting to, I know, I know I'm like, I'm basically like one foot in the grave as it is, but um, like I, I'm starting to see this now myself, but like, you know, like the, the generation before us didn't grow up with the rate of change that we did. Like if, if I think about it, Maureen and I have this conversation all the time along with, I can't believe that Chumbawamba's tump thumping is 20 years old. Um, but if you think about like, when I was growing up, like I had a Commodore 64 and that was like a big thing, right? Like nobody had a computer in their house. I had a 300 baud modem when I was like eight and we had a VCR and that was like a big acquisition. And now there's like something like we've gone from that to, you know, having a Skynet in, in Micah's house in, you know, just in, over the course of my lifetime. And that the generation before us never really had that kind of rate of change. And I mean, I see that now, even when I try to understand what the hell is Snapchat is supposed to be for, right? And that, and and there are other new things that I'm starting to trying to struggling to keep up with that my kids are getting into that I have no idea what they're what they're going on, and I have to go research them because I'm old and and not with it anymore. So you know, there's there's kind of that tendency to look down on people who are older than us as though they're not smart enough because they don't get it. 
when it's just that it didn't happen when they were at the age where it could come to them naturally. So they're trying to catch up. And that's that's easier for some people than others, I think. We, we It's sad that we don't do um, empathy training anymore um, because you don't know what it's like. You really don't know. It, it's the same thing when you're driving and there's someone that's elderly in front of you and they're driving slowly up because it's safer. Uh, and and people are getting angry and honking and making them feel like they don't belong there. We, uh, like in my school, we used to have empathy training and we would um, have to feel what it might be like to have a day in um, having glaucoma and having um, issues with our feet and diabetes and difficulties in mobility and needing help for the entire day. And what would that would be like to be from going from at one point when you're in the prime of your life and running the world to needing help just to um, find your way around. And so we had glasses that everyone had to wear that had Vaseline on them. So it was really difficult to see and we had to wear gloves. So it was difficult to hold and grasp things. And we had a uh, little popcorn pieces that were in our shoes. So sometimes when we were, when we were walking, it hurt. And it just, I, I think that we need, like, it's hard to understand what that is like. And the sad part is that by the time that we understand the true ability to walk in someone else's shoes, it's almost too late. We've done so much damage. And we're not teaching, unfortunately, we're not teaching children to have more empathy. We're having less and all of the TV and media is all about making fun of things and snap judgments and reactivity instead of thoughtful discussion and pausing before we say something and allocating to others that there might be a reason that they're doing this that is not just to get on our nerves. Yeah, Georgia, I don't, I don't mind sharing this for something I was talking to you and Back Channel about this week is, uh, you know, something I'm trying to grow on professionally is, you know, because I'm out... And I have to talk to so many different people, people that are, you know, twice my age, people of a different mm-hmm. political party, people that are fundamentally opposed to my rights. Um, you know, this weekend at the Democratic National Convention, I'm sitting there talking to our revolution people, and this, you know, white 20-something Bernie bro starts going on the screen about how he thinks all feminists are fascists. Mm-hmm. But he still wants more women in office. And like my brain, I'm going to go, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can't do that. And it's, it's just like you said, Georgia, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And you know, something, something I think about a lot. It, it, and this is, this is so important to me. I hope you guys can hear this. Yeah. If you look at district eight and the, the people historically they've like served there, it's some of the greatest people in our nation's history. And I, I think about living up to that and what that means for me is if I'm out there and I'm lucky enough to be elected, I don't mm-hmm. get just get to represent the Democrats. I don't mm-hmm. just get to represent people my age. I don't get to just represent women. You know, I, I have to, I have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like I have an ethical responsibility to think about those people and care about those people and to try to make better lives for them, even if they hate my guts. And I think this is why I find so frustrating. So for me, it's incredibly necessary that I can humanize them and respect them enough to, 
like, right? How can you serve somebody if you don't respect them or see them as human? And what's so frustrating for me is anytime I make any kind of statement on Twitter, like Micah, you said about talking about maybe we shouldn't make fun of Christians. Anytime you humanize the other side, I find the left sometimes responds by dehumanizing you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very alienating, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think that that's very well said. And I, I think it's wonderful that you are um, working on that because I don't think that many people even think about that. Right. Um, and, and that winning is destroying the other side, not finding a way that we can both come together. No, I, it's puzzling to me why more politicians don't feel this way, to be honest with you, because you have to talk to people you disagree with all day, every day. It's, yeah. it's very weird to me. So do we want to answer a couple questions before we sign off? I don't think we evening? got time, y'all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Sorry, y'all. Uh, yeah. Well, well, we, well, you know, next week will – well, next week will be E3, so I don't know if we'll end up talking about that stuff. But next week will at least not be WWDC, so hopefully we'll have a little bit more time for questions. Definitely do send in your questions because we are starting to get quite a few of them. And maybe we'll just have an episode mostly devoted to questions, which would be really awesome. So now's your chance to get in your voice or text-based question, and you can do that. By calling us at 508-418-3532 or tweet us at underscore disruption FM. Please do use the hashtag disrupt me. If you'd rather keep things private, you can send us a direct message. In any case, please do let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we will default to anonymous. If you're looking for the show notes, you can probably find them right there in whatever app you're listening to this in, or you can go to relay.fm slash disruption. If you're looking for me online, you can find me at chihuahua.coffee with all the necessary links. And Steve, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you? Well, they can probably find me fighting crime without a secret identity now, thanks to Micah. Or you can find, <laughs> or you can find me on Twitter at Wicked Good. And Brie, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? I, I will tell you that answer in just a moment, Micah. But Georgia, I just want to congratulate you. Before we started the show today, you told us, quote, I'm going to be running into the last of my 14-hour days, so I'm going to be pretty out of it tonight. I'll be loopy <laughs> probably. And I just want to tell you that didn't happen to anyone yeah. on the show today, to none of us. So I just want to give y'all a hand. Woo! I'm looking forward to next week when George has had some rest and she can properly appreciate the HomePod. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's true. That's true. All that That's hatred right. was just because That's I was losing. Right. Get, get a monocle. Um, so you can pledge <laughs> your honest loyalty to me or just your loyalty. That's really all I'm interested in. Please pledge that to me at the Twitter account, Space Cat Gal. Awesome. Uh, And last, the perfectly loopy, but not at all out of it, Georgia Dow. If people are looking for you online, where can they find you? Uh, You can check me out. I am on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. I can't believe I still have an underscore. Um, We got to know somebody at Twitter somewhere. They just hate me. Um, Canadian thing. Have you ever thought just changing your name? (laughs) it's probably easier that way right right it'd probably be sooner right um what would be a good name for you oh people (laughs) can send in their ideas i'm scared 
No. I think it should be, I think it should just be first name chicken, middle name parts, last name Dow. Why should should Georgia change her name? Twitter's the one who sucks. Look, we're never going to get in Twitter's good graces if we keep talking like that. Uh, so we can find you at Georgia underscore doubt. What if I'm what if I'm feeling anxious about this HomePod? Where oh, do you have any help for that? If you have any HomePod anxiety, you can check out anxiety-videos.com and we will take care of any of your HomePod anxiety needs. I'm going to buy the URL HomePod anxiety. Change your name to Off Anthony Dow. Like Handmaid's oh, Dance style. No. Yeah, just go Off Anthony Dow. No. <laughs> All that's left, please, God, please, is for Steve to just uh, take us out of this show. Do it. I don't know even what I say anymore. Why are you still listening to this? Just go. Just please. Just let us be. Go. Bye.